I feel like a proud daddy this morning. <laughs> all, all my kids here doing the service, it's, it's really awesome. Um, so the next thing we're going to do this morning is if I could have all of the children's church kids come up front here. If you are go to children's church, uh, just come on up front and have a seat right here on the floor. Right here in front of me. Come on up, all of you. We want a whole floor full of kids here. Come on up. I'm going to give you time. Come on up. Any more kids want to come up? Whoa. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Come on. We'll wait on you. Come on. Come on up. We're going to have some fun this morning. All right. All right. Come on up here. Awesome. There's some more. Come on up here. Boone, you want to come up here? No? Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Jace, you want to come? No? Okay. All right. That's okay. You can watch from back there. That's okay. Um, do any of you guys have a, a favorite Bible verse, one that maybe your parents read to you? Some of you have a, a favorite Bible verse? I do too. And... One of my favorite Bible verses is one that you probably recognize too, is John 3.16. And in that verse starts off, it says, For God so loved the world. Have you all heard that verse before? No. No? For God so loved the world. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, And as I was reading that verse and preparing, I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about just how great God's love is for us. For God so loved the world. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Everybody. The world, that's a lot. God loves everybody. So I got to thinking if we could measure God's love this morning. You think we can measure God's love this morning? Um, I thought that might help us to understand how to measure God's love for us. Um, I raided my kitchen this morning, some of my wife's um, things that she uses. And one of my, one of the things that my wife uses to cook are these. Does anybody know what these are? Measuring cups. So this is for what what goes in here? Like if you're baking a cake. Flour, sugar, flour and sugar, um, water. Very good. So you you guys know exactly what these are. Um, a liquid measuring cup and a dry measuring cup. Um, vinegar. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I put vinegar in that cake or not, but but you're right. So if I were making some cookies, if I were making a cake, I would use those to put flour, sugar, water, vanilla into that cake to measure. So the Bible says, if we were measuring God's love in Psalm 23, 1 and 5, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then in verse 5, it says, my cup runneth over. So if it says my cup runneth over, I don't, I don't suppose that we could use the measuring cups to measure God's love, can we? Because if we try to scoop it out, it's just going to run over the cup and it's going to be useless to us, right? So a measuring cup is, well, we can't use those. They're just, oops, sorry about that. So yeah, we just throw those out the window because we can't measure God's love with a measuring cup. It's just too small, right? God's love is so much greater. Um, so how many of your dads like to build things? Your dad does? 
Oh, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. So if your dad's built they they probably use one of these. What's this called? A measuring tape to measure things. Right. Awesome. So if we're building things, we'd use this to measure the the length, the width, the height of different things, right? So if we're building a room for a baby, we would use this to measure um, the room. So I wonder if we could use this this, this morning to measure God's love. What do you think? Can we use this? This is pretty long. This This goes probably, I don't know, probably 20 feet. I don't know. 12 12 feet maybe yeah i don't i didn't pull it out maybe we should pull it out and check it 102 that might, that might be so let's see what the bible says about that um the bible tells us in psalm 108 verse 4 it says that god's love is higher than the heavens how high is that all the way to space yeah probably higher than that even if we go high, higher than the heavens, I mean, it's it's past heaven. It keeps on going. So higher than the earth. Yeah. So if God's love is higher than the earth and higher than the heavens and higher than all those things, you think we can use a measuring tape to measure God's love for us? No, because this isn't that long, is it? Yeah, space never ends. keeps on going. So if God's love is as big as space, then we're just going to get I'm not going to throw that at you. But so that we just can't use that measuring tape anymore, can we? Because it's not big enough. Um so, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Malik. Slipped. Um, so this is, this is a watch. You are, how many of your parents wear watches to tell time? So we wear watches so that we're not late. Or sometimes you might see your parents during church as Pastor Tim is preaching, look at their watches to see if he's about done yet, right? Cause Tim, Pastor Tim likes to talk a lot, don't he? Yeah, so. So if we use a watch to measure how long God's love will last, you think we could do that? You think this will measure how long God's love for us will last? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. In Psalm 103, verse 17, it tells us that God's love is from everlasting to everlasting. How long is everlasting to everlasting? Forever. Right. Very. You're very correct. Uh, that's a that's a question we're going to have to ask God when we get to heaven, isn't it? So, if God's love is from everlasting to everlasting, I don't think this watch is going to measure that time, is it? Because that goes keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. It never, ever ends, does it? So this watch is pretty useless to us when measuring um, God's love because it, it just keeps on going. So I guess we can't, yeah, we can't use that watch. It's, it's useless to us. So, John 3.16, my favorite Bible verse. Is this, and I want you to, I want you to hear this, okay? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So how do we measure a love like that? Can we measure a love like that? Yeah, we can't. And we, we don't need to measure a love like that, do we? We don't need to, but we need to experience that kind of love that Jesus has for us, don't we? And we can experience that. So as we close here today with our message, um, my prayer for you is that you may understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep God's love is for each one of you. God loves you so, so much that he would do anything. In fact, he gave his son to die on a cross for you. How awesome is that? So how much, 
How much love does God have for us that he gave his own son for us? That's a lot of love, isn't it? You're right. Um, so we're going to pray this morning and then I'm going to let you go sit back down, okay? So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your love. A love that is so great that you gave your one and your only son that we can have eternal life with you. God, we're so blessed to just be here this morning and be in your presence. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for loving each one of us with everything that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. No, you can't keep that. Thanks for asking. All right, you can go sit down. Thank you. A uh, short video um, that goes along with Silence Service. Silence is going to bring a message to us, something that she's worked very hard to prepare. Um, then A.O. is going to come up with after her and, and share a testimony of his own. So without further ado... I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Uh, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what you know. Anybody here go to a hand raising church? Here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, I need to get some momentum. (laughs) Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. You're set. That was just a little bit of worship humor to start us off this morning. Um, good morning. Um, I just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to be able to speak to you this morning. Um, I'm a little nervous. My hands are shaking, so please bear with me. 
Um, today I'm going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that is the value of worship. And we will be flipping around in our Bibles today, so um, that's your exercise for today. Um, but before I do that, I'm just going to start us off with a word of prayer, if you all like to bow your heads with me. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity to speak to your word today. I pray for the youth group this morning as they come together to glorify you, Lord. I lift Austin and I up today that we can deliver the words that you put in our hearts to share this morning. I pray for strength and reverence as we congregate together to worship your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to start off by reading in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. I'll give you a moment. All right, and that says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Okay, so as many of you know, I am very big into music. I am in three advanced choirs at my school. Um, I have been in choir since probably third grade. Um, it's... Uh, music is sort of like my motivation. Um, a lot of us have a motivation. Music is mine. Um, I've been in uh, singing in the band here for about three to four years now. Um, and with this, I'm not saying that worship is only about singing because it's not. Um, in fact, the definition of worship is the feeling of expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. And a deity is a creator and supreme being. And you can worship many other ways by singing, praying, sacrifice, reading your Bible. And just as something wonderful happens when God's people get together to study his word, something extraordinary happens when God's people get together to sing his praises. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, that for where or two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. Now, this verse is not saying that God only shows up when people worship because God is omnipresent, but he manifests himself in a way that people lift up his name in praise and worship. First um, Chronicles 16, verses 23 and 25 reads, Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Um, earlier this year in uh, my chamber choir, we sang this song, this gospel piece called um, Everything That Hath Breath. And the chorus says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And that really spoke to me because I just thought, if well, if we have enough breath to call our mom, to talk to our siblings, talk to our kids, talk to the person that you're buying your groceries from, then you have enough breath to praise the Lord. Um, it says that the early church was a worshiping church. And in Acts 2, 46 and 47, it tells us that they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The phrase, the phrase gladness and simplicity of heart means um, with unaffected joy. There was joy in the early church. There was vibrancy, but there was also reverence. A few verses earlier in verses 43, we read that there, that fear came upon every soul and wonders and signs were done through the apostles. There should be joy and reverence. Those are the elements that need to be in our worship. The spirit-filled church will be a worshiping church and the spirit-filled Christian will be a worshiping Christian. 
Now, some of you might say, well, I don't feel like worshiping today. Well, do you think that the first century believers felt like praising God every day? They were harassed. They were beaten. They were mocked. They were, the, the, or Christians were persecuted on a massive scale, but they still thanked God every day. No, the Bible doesn't say give thanks when you, to the Lord when you feel good, but rather in verse, in, uh, 1 Chronicles verses 34 through 36, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, and praise God. All right. We also read in Jonah, um, while Jonah is swallowed in the belly of the whale, he says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Jonah called out for to God, and God was with him because Jonah praised God. In Job, we read that worship is also sacrifice. He says, while he was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they were dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore off his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave me, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 1, we read, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. So we see here that worship comes in many different elements. Um, uh, Graham Kendrick once said, Worship has been misunderstood as something that arises from a feeling which comes upon you, but it is vital that we understand that it is rooted in a conscious act of the will to serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship is how we express love, adoration, admiration, and wonder at God's presence. Christians breathe in God's goodness and we exhale. We exhale worship. Thank you. Yeah, Ayo, you can come up now. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> You know, I didn't know we were doing this on the podium, but it's kind of nice now. I have something to beat on. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, just can we get another round of applause for silence? That was great. Um, I want to start off uh, with uh, saying that Friday, got home from baseball practice. Our grandparents went out to go do something, get the mail. And when they came back, I got a letter. And the letter was from Mary Jane and... Long story short, she just thanked me for, you know, she said that I was a blessing to her and just to everyone here. But I just want to say how much of a blessing all you guys are to me. You guys have been there for me ever since seventh grade when I was back in the sound room. I was Case Keller before Case Keller was Case Keller. <laughs> Till in eighth grade when we started doing the band up here. Till here I am today bringing my message to you. So I just want to thank you all for that. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. So uh, first off, I want to start by giving a quick recap of my life. I was born in Topeka, Kansas to Casey O'Connor and Jason Andrew McNamee, the living, breathing legend, and poor decisions were made with that, and I understand that you know they were young and they didn't really know, and ultimately they split up, and I ended up living with my grandparents, and I have lived with them ever since I was three and a half years old, and uh, it kind of was hard on me at first because I would get to grade school and we would all line up in front before they would uh, bring us in, and I would see all my friends, all their moms would drop them off, and it really... It really kind of hurt because I wanted that, but I couldn't have it. But uh, I really can't express how blessed I am to be raised by my grandparents because I hold different values. And I know my grandma's back there crying, and that's okay. <laughs> that was the point. But uh, something that I struggled with very deeply was I fell into a uh, I fell into a depression around middle school, and I just I gained so much weight I I really did not treat myself well, and I would just get angry with everything going on at school, and then I would come home and I would take it out on my brother and sister, and it it was really awful because there's not a whole lot that I fear. These days, but the one thing I fear is that <laughs> the possibility that my brother and sister may never truly forgive me for the way I treated them. That's that's tough on me to think about. But uh, I give I give my afflictions, my pain, up to the Lord, and. I made changes in my life, finally became healthy. I'm joining the Air Force after high school, so moving on with my life. So people are a little bit different. I know that opening up about your problems and stuff isn't exactly the easiest thing for some to do, but I've broken it up into three steps. Shortened, it goes TA, T-A-H. Why don't we all say it together? One, two, three, TA. That stands for trust, allow, and help. Starting off in Psalms chapter 56, 3 and 4, it reads, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust, am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? We all have to open up. We have to trust in God. We have to trust that he is there for us. We have to trust that he is our true father. That's the first step. Second step is to allow. Now, thinking, allow, what does that have to mean with anything? Allow, it's, it's to allow God to work through you, to allow God to come into your life and help you out. In Psalms 27, it says, uh, oop, that was 25. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord can give you what you need, your peace. But we have to allow him to do it first. The last thing we need to do 
is to help him out. Now, the Lord can do it, but you kind of have to help him out here. (laughs) You can't just say, oh, Lord, help me, and not help yourself. I had, I wasn't, like, horribly bullied in school, but people would exclude me from things because of, you know, my weight and stuff. And I I couldn't really move on unless I didn't forgive those people. And doing that took 30 seconds. I asked God to come into me and help me with my life. And I had to help him out. So I forgave all those people. And those people today are some of my best friends. It's really great that I can call those people my friends. It's great. In Second Peter verses, uh, or chapter three, verses nine, it reads, "The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But everyone to come to repentance. We have to help him out. We have to come and give our lives to God." That's it. <laughs> That's all I had. For prayer, uh, to accept Christ, to be baptized. Um, the, the baptistry is ready. It's warm. It probably felt nice in there, didn't it? So uh, we're ready. To, we're ready to roll on that. If if uh, God is calling you this morning, uh, please come forward. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we we love you so much. God, we are so blessed to be here this morning, Father, to hear the words spoken uh, by these young people. Father, um, Austin giving his testimony of his life, Lord, and just how powerful and how moving it is to hear, Lord, what you have done through him. God, um, I, rem- I remember Austin when he came here as a young boy and... and uh, Father, where he was then and where he is now, Father, he's two different people, Father, and that's only because of you, Lord, and, and what you've done through him. Father, silence, Lord, I've, I've known her for a long, long time, Father, and, um, just so blessed to be able to call her daughter. Father, uh, just thank you for both of them, God, and, uh, the testimony that they are to, to not only our, our young pe- children in the church, but Father, to the adults as well. Father, may we both follow that example. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for your son who gave his life for us. We pray this in his holy name. Amen.